Hey everybody, welcome to a fifth season of the Bloop Single Podcast. Joined with me, as always, and especially here for spring training, is Ryan. How you doing, buddy? Hey, it's doing great, Rob. You know, until you just said five years, I had no idea that we've been doing this for five years. So I want to say thank you to the same four listeners that have been joining us all five years. Thank you, Mom, and that one guy in France. Um, yeah, I know the podcast can go to kindergarten now, and so it's probably via Zoom, given the current... Uh, life right and culture that we've got so kindergarten or this podcast because we've always been see we've been way ahead of COVID-19 and everything because we've been always doing this podcast virtually there you go right except for that one time um and go back into the archives if you ever need to see us that one time we went to St. Louis and uh it was the same time that Tori Lavulo said something to Yadier Molina and caused a bench brawl which was very enjoyable um so moving on to this year what I'm excited about is the fact that we've got a spring training in a real one, and ideally one that does not get canceled out like it did last year. Um, so we're going to get into that in the enjoyable part. Tell me if I'm wrong in this one, but we finally get to see prospects. Last year, we didn't have a AAA, we didn't have a AA, we didn't have all these young guys that we get to be excited about. They were kind of hidden away on the back backfields of Salt River Field, Salt River Stadium. Uh, but this year we get to see a lot of the, these names that we've drafted and these people we're excited about. And that's kind of how we're going to form our year. Ryan, fill us in on how year five, as we look forward, is going to go for this podcast. You know, two years ago, Rob, we talked about the legacy team and we kind of shaped our podcast around that team. The legacy team was a event that the Diamondbacks as a team was running themselves and naming their, you know, best players of the last 20 years and so we kind of piggybacked on that and talked about our favorite players and the who we thought were the best players of the for the past 20 years so we were looking backwards this year we're going to spend the whole season kind of looking forwards because that kind of puts us in the same line of thinking at least that you and i think mike hazen is and the rest of the Diamondback uh organization is thinking it's kind of starting to begin looking forward we mentioned these prospects you know last year they were playing in extended spring training, basically developmental leagues just within their against their uh, interest squad teams. Uh, most of these prospects they didn't have a minor league season at all. These players that have been so hyped now over the last couple of years uh, in the Diamondbacks farm system, we're going to get a chance to see what how they've progressed. We're not really going to see most of the biggest names at the major league level this year, but we'll be able to see them in the reconstituted minor leagues, the Triple A, Double A and high single A. So every week this week, Rob and I are going to count down our top 20 list of Diamondbacks prospects. We're each going to compile our own top 20 list, as well as with a guest top 20 list from our good friends, Keith Law. And once we take an average of our top 20 list, that's what we're going to use to count down each week. So stay tuned to our next episode where we're going to go over number one on our list. You know, a lot of times these these lists go from 20 on down to one, leaving you in suspense who's going to be number one. We want to start off with who's number one on our list. You know, those they're just the most exciting. We don't want to, like, hide the excitement. And that's not to say number 20 is going to be less exciting. Number 20 is going to be just as exciting as number one. All these players have great opportunities to join the Diamondbacks uh, Major League team in the next couple of years. So we want to give them all equal due. Exactly. So it's best to start off strong and peter out. What's really exciting is we've got a whole, like you said, it's a reconstituted farm system. And, and this is ultimately going towards like what we've just heard over and over is this year may be a bust. And the reason to stick with us is that you're going to get an inside idea of who's coming up. 
right? So whether it's the Reno Aces, which we're very familiar with, or the, what is it, Amarillo uh, Sod Poodles? Yep. Yep, or the uh, Hillsboro Hops, right, who we're always excited as the, the youngest of our prospects. That's who you're going to see in in what will, you will look back and see the glory years of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and it will be these players that we're talking about. Yeah, and actually some of the more exciting names that I think we'll talk about are those prospects that are ranked 10 through 20. Yeah, in the top, these first couple of weeks, we're going to talk about Dalton Varshow, Corbin Carroll, Christian Robinson, names that you have heard for a couple years now as being top prospects. You know a lot about them already. You're all very excited about them. But we'll start talking about maybe somebody like a Louis Frias, Tommy Henry, other names that you may not be as familiar with down deeper into the farm system. So, you know, stay tuned for about four to five months from now, and we'll start talking about them. We might even put a fake name in, see if you're still paying attention. We've got pop quiz at the end of the season, so be wary and be watchful because we tend to lie. Um, But that doesn't mean that we don't have a season this year. And so that's one thing I'm very excited about. One, as we talk about prospects, right? Ryan, it's like the beautiful mind. He's got a whole spreadsheet. He's got an algorithm. It's all in his head. It looks like the minority report and that big screen. Me, I may as well be throwing spaghetti against the wall. Like, I'm going to look at the top 30 list. I'm going to look at Keith Law. I'm going to take some from each and see what happens. Is you've got a fan perspective, but you also have an analytical perspective. And you're going to get both. So whatever you fancy, you'll be half the time disappointed and half the time in love with us. So... As, we, as we're going to start creating that, and that's going to happen in the next weeks as that tends to unfold, the cool part is in spring training, you're going to see some of these guys really light it up. As part of that, you're also going to see some of the players that you know and love um, start to really form out what we call the 2021 Arizona Diamondbacks. So as we look ahead, what are you most excited about, Ryan? Or maybe if you can pick like a theme or a player um, that you're excited to see in spring training team this year. All right. So definitely some people we'll see in 2021 are also those that we saw in 2020. I'm looking forward to seeing what Cole Calhoun does. Does he uh, follow up the good season that he had last year? He had a lot of home runs. He was on pace for a really good home run season if we had had a full season. I'm really excited to see if he can keep up those power productions uh, at a right field. I'm excited for Eduardo Escobar to see if he can bounce back from the season that he had you know just two years ago he was a driving force of the Diamondbacks offense and somebody who was a key component of the middle of the lineup there and somebody that we signed to an extension and somebody who wanted to be in Arizona he was really excited to be a Diamondback and that 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 kind of excitement is infectious I'm excited to see David Peralta and I'm also excited to see uh what Madison Bumgarner does Madison Bumgarner I'm excited about primarily just to see what we have in him if the rest of this contract is going to become an albatross. Those first three names, Cole Calhoun, Eduardo Escobar, uh, David Peralta, and I'm also going to throw Nick Ahmed in for this reason as well. I'm excited to see what they do because they have some lower trade values right now. There have been reports that uh, major league teams uh, were inquiring about those players from Mike Hazen and trying to get them for a song. And Mike Hazen decided, no, these players are better for our team right now. But come July, I don't know if that'll be the case. So I want to see if Eduardo Escobar, David Peralta, Cole Calhoun, Nick Ahmed can build up that trade value by the middle of the season to see if maybe we can continue to add to the prospect pool for the next couple of years. I'm so glad you brought up very specifically two of these players, Eduardo Escobar and Madison Bumgarner, the Mad Bum, because both of them are really looking to have bounce-back seasons. 
And always in spring training, you see a common theme. There's going to be someone on every team who has never been in better shape in their whole life. They're entering the spring training, you know, with a whole new diet. You can even go to dbacks.com right now and see that about Escobar. You know, Escobar slims with new diet. And it's every year, you know, a few years ago it was Trevor Cahill came in never better. Still had the worst year that I could ever remember as a Diamondbacks pitcher. So how important is it for, for guys like Madison Bumgarner, who came into a brand new team, had a subpar year, or um, Escobar, who you know had a subpar year right after signing an extension? How important is it for them to bounce back and, dare I say, bounce back early? Well, I think it's very important for both of them and for very different reasons. Madison Bumgarner, as I mentioned, is going to be a Diamondback for the next couple of seasons. With the contract that he signed, he'll be making, I think he made $7.5 million last year, $19 million this year, $23 million for the next two seasons. That's going to be a contract that if he doesn't bounce back, the Dimebacks are not going to be able to get rid of. That's going to become an albatross on the same likes of Yasmany Tomas' contract if Madison Bumgarner does not bounce back to somewhat similar to a 2000. 18 Madison Bumgarner and if we can get a 2014 Madison Bumgarner that's going to look like a steal then so I'm considering an ace (laughs) exactly uh so Madison Bumgarner for those reasons for the Diamondbacks perspective and I think for his pride I mean he's always been an ace he's always been a top pitcher I think he really cares about performing well and doesn't want to let the these fans down but I think really doesn't want to let himself down by having another subpar season over on Eduardo Escobar a lot of it's the same reason Eduardo Escobar is, he's still, you know, I'm not going to call him an old player, but he's getting towards the back end of his career, and he's a free agent this year. He needs to bounce back if he wants to find a team for next season. So whether the Diamondbacks trade him, or even if the Diamondbacks don't trade him, he will be a free agent and looking to sign another contract. Even if he does not perform well this year, with the way that uh, teams are cutting money and focusing on prospects, somebody like Eduardo Escobar may not be able to find more than a minor league deal next season if he doesn't perform this season. Exactly. And for him, you mentioned he's on the backside of his career. You wouldn't think it because he had, uh, what, two, maybe three years with us, and at least one of them, except for this last year, has been great. But he's if you look at it, he's one of the few players born... Uh, in the 80s that are on this roster and you think of the the bulk is these young athletic guys and he's playing he, he's always had a great defensive third base I felt and he's been very malleable he can play second he can play short in a pinch um, and so you don't see him as someone who may be on the decline here's my worry um, he had his worst year in what you'd call the 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 COVID season right only 60 games so who knows what he could have pulled off in another 100 to get back to normal the benefit of why I think he needs a bounce back year is he's got the most amount to bounce back to get to even his career average. So given that he is a little bit older, given that, you know, as you've kind of pegged is, is maybe a trade piece entering his final year. Yes or no. Do you think he gets that bounce back year this year? Yeah, I think I do think it bounced back. I think he bounces back. And as I mentioned, you know, we'll talk about in what we later, what we think the Diamondbacks are going to do against the Dodgers and the Padres. We all know that, there's a lot of competition at NL West, and we're not the favorites this year. We're not the favorites for a wild card this year. We're not the favorites to have a winning record this year. All that points to this year that some of those free agents to be being traded. So I do think he's going to bounce back. I think he will be traded in July, and that means all that means is that I'm still going to be an Eduardo Escobar fan because he has still been one of the more exciting players to watch over these last couple of years. Really has. Okay, we'll move off him because you're right. Um... 
ultimately, I think he's going to have a bounce bounce back year. I think even if he has an average year for him, it's way better than it was last year. Um, and that's going to be a very committed and a part of this team that's going to contribute, which I, you know, we need to be able to even battle for a wild card this year, to be quite honest. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah. And I think uh, another thing on Eduardo Esquire, he's got some competition pushing him for playing time now with the signing of Asdrubal Cabrera. Uh, Tori Lavello coming out saying that he's going to, Asdrubal Cabrera is a corner infielder when he was first signed. I really thought that that meant Kettle Marte was going to play a lot of center field and that would, and that Cabrera would be playing second base. That doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be that Cabrera is going to be a third baseman. Escobar might move to second or, you know, maybe won't play. Who, I mean, that's the thing is for Escobar's going to have to stay, you know, keep his bat hot in order to stay in the lineup now as will you add another third baseman to the roster we're gonna get more into him as the season goes on because you're right that's an exciting seasoned veteran who'd have thought another gen xer is who's gonna push eduardo escobar to produce this year so the final point on mad bum because you're right we're entering year two um i do have a question for you so in the off season right and you had we actually had a podcast about this in our off season roundup if last you say year so. Yeah, you had mentioned that there, the acquisition of Madison Bumgarner was actually going to give Mar, uh, Mike Hazen a ton of flexibility in trading, potentially trading Robbie Ray, and that's exactly what happened. So, two-part question, you can answer him how you feel. One, do you think ultimately that we dealt Ray from a position of strength? And two, you know, are we ultimately better without Robbie Ray and by extension, a lot of those other players we lost at the deadline? Marte, Archie Bradley, even an Andrew Chafin. Well, did we deal Robbie Ray from a position of strength? I've got one follow-up question for you, Rob. Who did we get for him? Was it a, a middle reliever? Yeah, some random middle reliever. I th- want to say Travis Bergen. If I'm right, that's just pure luck. Um, no, if you can't name who we got for the player to trade, we did not trade from a position of strength. That was purely saving whatever salary left uh, that we would have owed Robbie Ray and getting you know something for it. Um, Robbie Ray had a miserable season for the Diamondbacks last year. One of the worst. Yeah, he's he signed a nice contract with the Blue Jays this offseason. He's going. He's still getting paid. He's still people. Teams are still taking shots on him. He's got all the talent in the world. Just couldn't figure it out. I guess I saw an article sometime during the offseason that he had tinkered with his mechanics at the Diamondbacks' behest, coming from more of an over-the-top uh, pitching angle to try. Yeah, and there was a ton of talk that. about that in his last year about how he shortened his arm. Um, so yeah, it to try and get more tunneling, to have some more tunneling with the uh, pitches, so or making the pitches look the similar coming out of his arm. The last couple of years for Robbie Ray, very sad to watch as a Diamondback fan and as a big proponent of Robbie Ray. No, we didn't trade from a position of strength. He was a sunk cost at that point. Now the other two players are other couple play- trades. You know, Archie Bradley. I think he probably brought back the most return for us. Last season, uh, Stuart Fairchild, a potential uh, center field candidate, if he performs well in spring training, a fourth outfielder type, possibly uh, coming over. Josh Van Metter, we saw last season in a utility role as well, uh, had some nice games for the Diamondbacks. That's nice. Uh, Andrew Chafin was traded to the Cubs for, again, 
Couldn't tell you. And then St- Starling Marte went to the Marlins, brought back Caleb Smith, who's got, who is on the inside track to be a part of our rotation this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at what we gave up for Starling Marte, we traded a dollar and got back 75 cents. You know, Caleb Smith closer to the majors than Brandon Malone or uh, Piguero were when, who we traded to the Pirates for him. But from a value standpoint uh, across the industry, we lost value in that trade. You know, it really, those trades really were cost cutting. And honestly, that's going to be a theme we're going to see throughout this season is we're going to see moves we made in the offseason or didn't make are for cost cutting. And, and given a year that, you know, they're millionaires and billionaires, so we don't think a lot of it. Ken Kendrick lost a lot of money this year. The The team lost a lot of money in ticket sales and revenue sales. You know, this year, a ton of people are going to get a lot of cool bobbleheads. You know, some with Sterling Marte with extra eyebrows going to be some different player because they didn't, didn't get to hand it out last year. But that's the hard part is like you could see the writing on the wall with a lot of those moves is it might have been preparing for this year in a uh, a salary that or like a, a, a team salary that's not quite as lofty as other teams for sure, even in our division, um, but not even lofty by our, our Diamondback standards. Yeah, uh, the one caveat or hope that I can take away from that and from this offseason is that after those trades at the trade deadline last year, we didn't make many other moves. I can't think of one to save salary. We didn't add salary, but we didn't cut salary. And I think Mike Hazen had the opportunity that if he wanted to trade a David Peralta, if he wanted to trade a Nick Ahmed, uh, there were takers for those guys. And we could have saved another $20 million that way. They didn't do that. They, they held Pat. You know, you saw the Cubs do that in that trade for that U Darvish trade. Uh, you saw other teams cut salary Dimebacks didn't do that we you know we still basically got the same team that we did last year that was a a wild card candidate yeah and that's the crazy part i think it's a good segue for this year because you're right the cubs made a a a money decisions and sent you darvish away guess what he went to the padres blake snell on the padres big huge 14-year contract for uh uh fernando tatis jr with the padres you know that the dodgers have made major move What's your expectation for this team? Just bottom line it for me. Where, where are we heading here as a Diamondbacks, knowing that the Dodgers are always loaded and the Padres seem to be making huge moves this year? I think that the Diamondbacks this year will be a bottom third team in the National League. Bottom half. And I say that with a huge grain of salt in that I can also see a reality where the Diamondbacks are contending for that second wild card spot. We're going to have to play 19 games each against the Dodgers and the Padres. But by the same token, we get 19 games against the Giants and the Rockies. So The Rockies are also fire soul. Got rid of their best player in Nolan Arenado. Exactly. So this is a team, the Diamondbacks, like I said, not much different from last year's contending for a wild card spot. The biggest things that have changed for the Diamondbacks is that the Padres got better, which means it's going to be harder to win some of those games against the Padres that we did take last year or were expected to take. But like I said, I, if you know if we're contending for a wild card spot, we're not trading a player like Eduardo Escobar. And I'm already on record saying we're trading Eduardo Escobar. So I think we're going to be a team that's might that you could see some flashes of, but it's just going to fall a little bit short this year. I think that's the first year that I that I've made that prediction. Just from an emotional standpoint, though, we've been bullish on on the Diamondbacks always whooping up on the Padres in years past. 
it's hard to see him as anything other than a younger sibling, you know? And I know that they made big waves with Matt Kemp and Justin Upton and um, who is that pitcher? Shields a few years ago, and it blew up in their face. And, and I know Fernando Tatis Jr. is way beyond any of the players that I just mentioned, but they have this collection of talent. You know, they're still they're still baby brother in my eyes, and it's it's hard to overlook that. Um, I can't wait for the egg on my face or the crow I have to eat about it. But until then, you know, they've never been better than us. Except never. for last season when they made the playoffs. That doesn't count. <laughs> it's sixty games. I, we don't have to get in the minutia of it, but gee whiz, like you can't have a break records on a sixty game season. You know, that what, 60 games in, the, the Washington Nationals never would have even made the playoffs in the year that they won the World Series. That is true. So here's my expectation for the Diamondbacks, and I want to keep it to, to spring training. I know that we this year we have the Reno Aces again, and we're going to see good players get sent down. We're going to see the sod poodles get players that, that we're excited to talk about, Corbin Carroll and the like. And from my expectation, I just I feel like at the end of the day, we have a Band-Aid situation in the outfield. And it's tough to say because Cole Calhoun hit double-digit home runs in a 60-game season, but he was the only player, and he's heading into a free agent year if he doesn't pick up his option. David Peralta, like, at some point, age is going to catch up with you, and I can't stop thinking that our left fielder is a former pitcher, like basically a better version of Rick Ankeel. And our center fielder, Cattell Marte, if that's where he's going to be, is really a second baseman. Or if it's going to be Dalton Varsho because we need to get his at-bats, he's a He's a catcher. We're going to hit on him in depth, but I can't believe that Christian Robinson at some point doesn't get playing time because he's been the number one prospect for over a year for us. He, he's been in the minor leagues. At some point, like, bring this guy up. Yeah, Christian Robinson we won't see this year. Uh, he's only 20 years old, and with that loss of, of playing time last year, he might be like 18 in baseball years. Alec Thomas, on the other hand, who is a also was a high schooler, uh, drafted two years ago, has shown remarkable maturity as a hitter and as a fielder and uh, running the bases, uh, profiles as a left fielder or center fielder, and is going to be in our top five uh, of our prospects. He is somebody that we may see at some point this year if our off if our outfield becomes, that Band-Aid starts to fall apart. He is the closest of our top three outfield prospects to be uh, at, to be on the major league roster. Okay. Who's going to be our closer? They've, it's not been announced. Hazen, Lagula, whether they've been coy or whether they're trying to see in spring training who actually can pitch. Um, we've got like three you or four are. guys in the running. Me? Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but there's Yohan Lopez, can throw 98 plus. You know, uh, Crichton has, has gotten a ton of name. Soria has actually done it before. Joaquin Soria. Yeah, it's going to be Soria. I think we've seen this before play out with this uh, Hazen and Lavello in the past. Uh, you know, with, um, uh, man, Boxberger, with Greg Holland, you bring in Fernando, Fernando Rodney. Rodney, you bring in these old, uh, experienced closers and hand the job to them. You know, Soria is here on a one-year contract. You're going to make him the closer. Why? So he can get the publicity and possibly be a trade candidate as well. You know, yeah. a lot of... I think a lot of this team, you're going to see a lot of decisions made early on to give some veterans playing time over these prospects to build up their trade value. Can I throw a name out there as a closer? Because he's closed for us literally before, and he's an old guy. Tyler Clippard. Why does he come back to this team, and and where do you see him? Why does he come back? 
he's got to come back because he just wants to live in Arizona. I, I mean, no, I you the know good weather. I, he got the biggest the high, the the most money came from this team. Mike Hazen needs another veteran arm because everybody else got snatched up before he could. You know, he got to the uh, store, the bullpen store. And, you know, I, Tyler Clippard was not a signing I was expecting, but he's he's put together two solid seasons. Uh, since leaving us you're right he had two solid seasons since leaving us and he had a couple solid seasons before i think he if, if if there's any like bad taste in our mouth it's he was in that same like rotating ish with like boxberger and bradley and when no one was able to like close down a game and i think he got kind of that stink on him but he's traditionally just been a very very good seven eighth or ninth inning pitcher yeah i mean he's got a career 313 era he had a 277 era last year 2.9 in the year before that. He's a fly ball pitcher, which has not traditionally worked well in a place like Arizona. But, you know, last time he was here, I don't know if we had the humidor yet uh, or if we did, it was just getting installed. The ball is supposed to be dead in this year. The uh, Major League Baseball is trying to take some home runs out of the out of the ball, they've said. That's going to benefit a player like Tyler Clippard. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a closer, but... I do think with Clippard and Soria at the back end of our bullpen this year, if we can get a lead to the eighth inning, I like our chances of winning the game. Yeah, they're vets. They know what they're doing. They're not so old that they can't throw a fastball still. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that's, that part. we got to have the lead. That's a positive. That's a positive light on this team. If we then can let's get end to the on eighth that. inning, If we can get to the eighth inning, I feel good about our chances to win. The idea is to get the eighth inning with the lead. <laughs> Anyone can get yeah. the eighth inning. <laughs> we eighth could be down by the- five. No, you're right. The eighth inning with the lead. Yeah. Um, veterans who know their stuff. So I think with that, you know, by the time anyone hears this, the the players will have gotten in. Pitchers and catchers have already reported. Um, very First exciting. game, I believe, is in three days. Exactly. And, and about 2,200 people will be in the stadium. Those things got snatched up hot. So anyone who is afraid to go to the stadium, either just a ton of scalpers know that they're going to make a ton of money on the secondary market, or a lot of people are excited. You know, excited mm-hmm. about the good weather, excited to see baseball again, as are we. So um, do this for us, right? It's the start of a new season. Um, if you have not subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe on the Bleep Single Podcast, wherever podcasts are found, um, most likely Spotify, Overcast, or your iTunes. Follow us on Bloop Single, AZ on Twitter, Bloop Single on Instagram. Don't ask me to think of the email. <laughs> I think bloopsingleaz at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, get us on uh, get us on the i on the uh, on the Twitter or on the Instagram. Those are the best places to hit us up. Exactly. Quit texting me. Uh, All right. Anything else, Ryan? No, Rob. More to start spring training and getting back in a couple of weeks and starting to look at some of these prospects. Exactly. All right. Adios, amigo.